0: Welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and your experience as you move into that mm, re- horrible word, retirement, or unretirement as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson.
1: And I'm Trevor Hutton. Each episode, we invite a guest to share their story of leaving traditional working life and, and starting new things. And both Victoria and I know just how challenging this time can be So we hope that we will help you with ideas and perhaps, listening to our guest, be inspired, particularly if things are a bit harder than you expected at the moment.
0: So today we're delighted to welcome Frances Harper. And I saw an article about Frances in The Guardian, and apparently she continues to get hundreds of emails from around the world and she was saying, everybody keeps saying to her that she's inspiring. And that we thought the same. So we've invited you, Francis. Welcome. And thank you for taking up our
2: invitation here. Well, thank you so much. And good morning. Thank you.
1: Good morning. Hi. Um, Francis, perhaps you could kick us off with um, telling us a bit about your story, how you got to where you are now and the and the um, amazing uh, change of direction that you took.
2: I was at the age of 60. I'm now 76. And this is absolutely true. I was laying in the bath one morning and I was listening to a local radio station in the background and I was listening to a young woman being interviewed and she was working as a sex worker on the streets of Ipswich in Suffolk, not far from my home. And I thought, she's being interviewed, but how is that helping her? I thought, oh, I'll make some notes. So. When I got myself organized, I made some notes. I happened to be reading about a London production company, television production company, and I thought I'd get in touch. So I phoned them up and spoke to the founder of the company. And he said, sounds a great story, but you haven't met her yet. So we can't really help you. And I thought, well, no, I haven't met her yet, but I'm hoping I will. So I made some more notes and contacted the authorities in Ipswich, the council, the police headquarters. They said, well, we can't help you. Um, And I thought, oh, I don't know how to get in touch with her. And then I read a local newspaper report and it mentioned the name of her solicitor. And so I drove into Ipswich. I went to see them and they said, well, we cannot discuss our client with you. If you drop in a letter, we'll pass it on to her. So I came back home. I did the letter. I go back into Ipswich. I take the letter in. So I waited. And one day when I was out, my phone rang. It was Louise. And she said, oh, hi, Frances. Got your letter. I understand you want to do a documentary. I arranged to meet her at a cafe. And she said, yes, I'll do a documentary. And that is how it started. and People say, oh, you, you were dreaming of doing this. No, I wasn't dreaming. I'd never thought of it. And I just thought, I'm going to do a documentary. Oh, how, how do I do that? Oh, I haven't got a camera. Ah, I better go into Ipswich and get one. So I bought, I got a very small camcorder, as they were then. I met with Louise and I spent a lot of time with her during the day, during the evening. And I always say that if a production company sent somebody like the person interviewing Louise on the streets, I don't know where they were from, might have been a news channel, I've no idea. They just do not have the time. I had i had the time. They, they have to meet up with somebody, interview somebody, and they have to sort of get back, do what they're doing. Whereas I had time to spend with, with Louise and... We wandered around and she introduced me to people who were sitting on the streets having their can of drink or whatever they were doing. And they they accepted me because I was with Louise and she used to introduce me and they'd look at me. (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking. They were I'm sure they were thinking, who is this? I just went around with her with my camera running and. Can I just interrupt you a second, Francis? because what's interesting about this is if I'm right, you were
0: listening to Louise's story and thinking when you said, what good is that going to do her? I have a feeling were you trying to do something that would help her? Is, is this what the purpose of the documentary was? Can you just say, because I think that's something about age and thinking and looking at things and thinking, why are you doing this with a wider perspective? And actually, having a bit more judgment and saying, "Don't rush in," as you were saying, without time. Actually, perhaps it's even quite damaging for Louise. This is you're just doing it for your own purpose. We need
2: to do something more helpful to you. Is is this is this what you were trying to do? Yes, I hadn't really thought like that at the time, but looking back, actually, I did think at the time. I'll make some notes and, uh, like, a shopping list of using a documentary as a platform and using ways to help her so i i put number 1 housing number 2 yes it was a way of helping her um but it sounds a bit worthy really saying oh i'm going to i'm going to make some notes and and i'm going to help this person um it was it was like that but it wasn't totally like that i just thought i'm sort of on a mission um i'm going to do a documentary and um I went around, I took her to a GP for her to register with a GP. I took her to a fitness club. Um, You can have a free membership. You can come anytime. I booked her onto a computer course. I mean, when I said I did all these things, it took organizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't just walk into places and say, well, can you do this? You know, it took a bit of organizing. I, I managed to get her on a computer course. So where did she end up at the end of this? Where how did?
0: This isn't what we normally talk about in the podcast. But it's so interesting. <laughs> I think we ought to. Would you? Are you on board with this, Trevor? Because I think this is a no, really yeah, that's interesting fine. <laughs> area.
2: I mean, I spent quite a long time filming with her, a sort of months. It you okay. know not like a few days, months. So, so I I always said I came home and I wrote an article, and. I just it just all came out and I just wrote this article called An Incredible Journey because I entered another world, left my house a reasonably comfortable lifestyle, borrowed at the time my husband's Audi sports car with the top down because the weather was good. And there I was driving around Ipswich in this open top sports car and sort of meeting up with this young woman who was working on the streets.
1: Just for context. Prior to that fateful evening lying in the bath.
2: <laughs> morning. It was morning. <laughs> morning.
1: Apologies. Uh, apologies. Like before that, you, you had you didn't have a background in production or the creative industry, did you? What, how was your life I- I before that moment?
2: Um, I started off my working life a long time ago as a private secretary. I trained as a private secretary. And then I sort of did admin, and I always knew there was something else I should be doing, but I just didn't know what. And a long time ago, my mother would say to me, you should go and work for the BBC. I mean, it was just like suggesting I can't think of an example to somebody. It was just, it wasn't on my radar. it, it I just didn't think about it. Um Years ago, I did work for a small, when I say a very small production company, but I was typing the scripts. I wasn't doing anything on the production side.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought, um, I thought, well, oh, this is interesting, but I was just typing script, uh, the script for this guy. And then I wasn't there very long because I thought, well, this is a bit boring. And I went off to become a receptionist at a private hospital. I didn't even have a camcorder. I used to say to my husband, why would we want one of those? Um, I wasn't interested. Yeah, I had, a ca- I had a camera, but I didn't have a camcorder. I thought, oh, people get, keep getting these camcorders for their holidays. What is the point of it? Francis, <laughs> did you, Um,
0: I, I hate to use this word, and it's so inappropriate for you, but did you retire, in inverted commas, at some stage? Had you stopped full-time work? I think you mentioned you were looking after your mum. Um, and I was keeping,
2: yes, I was very close to my mother. She was, um when she was in her 90s, she was a fantastic, amazing person and lovely person. And we spent a lot of time together. As with many people, she developed dementia. Hmm. So
0: you had retired, had you? Did did you have a a point when you had a retiring or leaving party or, or whatever it was? Had you sort of stopped working?
2: Well, I had a sort of a leaving party when I worked at the hospital because I said that because we'd been renovating a very small barn. When I say barn, it makes it sound luxurious. It wasn't a very small barn. And I... Gave up the job at the hospital and I was sort of there. Uh, we, we moved from there. I found it too isolated. But I I never thought, oh, well, this will be the day when I retire. It didn't sort of happen like that. Yeah, yes. Um, but I always felt that I should be doing something, but I didn't know what. And then it just this thing, whatever this thing is, popped out when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and moment, isn't it? It's very, very
1: and Francis, what was that like? I mean, you know, you kind of came up with this idea. You, you know, drove around Ipswich and you bought the camera and you just did it. It, it sounds as if you know you were just on a mission, but uh, yeah. did you have sort of ups and downs. Um, any concerns or doubts or how how did it feel just sort of reinventing yourself
2: putting the documentary together yes i faced new challenges but i didn't find it particularly difficult but actually trying to put everything together for for louise now that was challenging because i was i was sort of having to deal with authorities like the housing department and the council and organizations like that. And I used to be quite shy. (laughs) And there I was sort of going with Louise to a housing department. And, of course, I could see both sides Mm -hmm. uh, when we were facing the housing officer. And and they were saying to Louise, well, we haven't got any housing for you. You're not really vulnerable enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, how vulnerable do you have to be? Yes, And so I sort of was battling with the council and I went to see the press officer and he he was a bit sceptical at first, but then he really sort of came on board. He could see what I was trying to do. And I got to know people at the council because they had committees and they said they were helping these young women. Um, But Louise didn't really want organisations to help her. She was quite a strong character. And uh, and she was on every drug that, well, mention a drug and she was on it. And I'm very anti-medication. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I do have sometimes have medication, but I'm not really that kind of person. And there I was with spending a lot of time with somebody who was injecting and and taking all these drugs. And And so Louise was explaining to me all about it. And I thought, this is a real learning curve. And I got really emotional at times. I'd come home and film myself and I was really emotional thinking, how can people live like this? Yeah. Why are they living like this? Do you think you got things changed in Ipswich? Oh, I don't i don't, I, don't, I don't think I would say that Francis Harper changed things in Ipswich. I think you say that, Frances, you
0: will have challenged (laughs) a lot of people to think differently, I think, because you were asking different questions from what most people
2: are doing. They certainly got to know who I was, because when they had a when the council had this big press conference where every all the channels, there was Panorama, there was Sky News, everybody were there. And I was invited and I thought, gosh, um. You know, I, it went from sort of people not really wanting to talk to me, and then me being invited to a press conference. And by that time, I had got the documentary commissioned by the BBC. So I was there with the editor from the BBC. There were all these journalists asking questions, and I, have, it was the I had. Conference. Was this about you or Louise or what? It what was, was the no, it it was about the women working on the streets of Ipswich. Yeah. yeah. Um, And they were trying to, the council and the police were trying to clear the streets. Yeah. And Louise said, I'm not going anywhere. This is where I work and this is where I'm going to stand. Yeah. She was quite sort of defiant. And at this press conference, you had all these established reporters And I can be quite rude sometimes (laughs) or I can think, well, those questions are really boring. (laughs) They have, they haven't done their research. I mean, they're coming from sky and panorama. They haven't done their research. And then I put my hand up and they said, yes, Francis, what would you, (laughs) what would you like to say? And I got my questions worked out and I asked a couple of questions and then, and then at the end, i got all these people from these different channels coming up to me saying, who are you? Who are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> you seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and then the lady I was with, the editor from the BBC, said, actually, we're together. She's with me because she didn't want me going off with Panorama or Sky. <laughs> Sky- <laughs> and um it was really quite, I, I just, it's been such a learning curve because I just entered another world. So I'm going to take you, I want to know
0: about this world that you entered because it's something we're looking at, Frances. So you were what, 62 by then, maybe? 61? 60, 60. Okay, so let's take you from 60. You One of the big issues that people have is they say they're not tech. We were we were sort of just talking about this. And you had to go, and you were just saying now that you are still at the age of 76 sorting out technology. Here you are on a Zoom call. You were perfectly competent to do, set it all up. <laughs> uh, we're recording it. You're perfectly happy. How did you get into, what were the barriers or mindset problems? What did you do to learn? And what would you say to others about? I'm going off piece here because this is so brilliant.
2: Yeah. I'm a I'm an engineer's daughter. I've always been interested. I watch programs um, on the television about how you make this, how you construct that. Um, I recently went to a talk in Cambridge given by a young woman who's a structural engineer, and she did the groundworks for the Shard building in London. And I followed her sort of story because I'm so impressed to think that this young woman did the worked out the, yeah, brilliant. the you know the construction of the base of the shard um she's just written a book and i went to listen to her talking at one of the cambridge university colleges and i was the first one to ask a question <laughs> she didn't know the answer but she said she said she'd look at it um but it was fascinating so let's go back to your digital so you you've yeah. got an
0: engineering mind and so you weren't phased, You got a camera. What did you then do? Did you teach yourself about editing and producing? I've taught myself to edit.
2: And how did you do that, Francis? I've got an Apple laptop. I've got an Apple iMac, so I'm very Apple. Yep. Um, for for equipment. And if you've got iMovie, it's not difficult. It, yeah. It's you just drag the film clips onto the sort of the line, and. And then I sort of add sound. It's not difficult. Well, yeah. you see, because, I, because I'm interested in it, I, I will spend the time to teach myself. But it, I think it, you also...
1: Did, sorry, Francis. didn't you yeah. also say that when you look at somebody else editing your stuff, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, keep, you keep a close eye on them? Oh,
2: I have a terrible time. When I was editing at Sky for my hour-long documentary, narrated by Davina McCall, who I met. And when I was editing at the BBC and the editor or the commissioning editor is with the director or the the film editor, and it's my project and I'm sitting in the edit suite and I'm sort of slightly being pushed to the door at the back. Because they're all sort of like in the operations. They're all sort of doing what they're doing. It's my project. I know it inside (laughs) out. And they're saying, Francis, I mean, when we were editing at the BBC, I mean, I hadn't got a clue about editing at that point. And the editor, who I I am still in touch with, actually, I meet her for coffee sometimes. She was saying, "Francis, you're getting too close. Can you move back? And I'm thinking, this is my project. And and Sky, the same thing happened. The director who came on board was saying, was sort of talking over me. And we he took me out for lunch at the pub near Sky. And I thought, here goes. I mean, he's done the most incredible programming. He's so established. And I said, Do you think you could could you do something for me? And he said, Of course. I said, could you not talk over me when we're in the edit suite? <laughs> uh, Frances, I want this for every woman on International Women's Day
0: to <laughs> say, say it nicely. Call it out, though. Uh, I'm, fast, I'm kind of left absolutely in awe of you, Good for you Francis. And you're bringing um, I can hear it in in sort of everything you're saying, you're bringing an older person's perspective. I I hate using that word, by the way, older person here, but you've got experience of other things. You've got experience of life and you're looking and challenging, looking It's almost standing back and looking at a bigger picture of some of these things and not getting caught up in the detail, really, isn't it? Why are we doing it? Where's it going? This is what we need to be thinking about. And I suspect that's what you were doing in that um, editing suite. Uh, Was
2: actually sort of challenging. What are we trying to achieve here? But would I be right on that or not? Yes, I mean, obviously, when I was editing at the BBC, uh, this was very early stages of what I was doing. I mean, I didn't say too much at the time. I did keep moving my chair towards the all the sort of equipment and the screens. I have gained experience. I, I mean, I would never say I'm an editor. I just edit for my own purpose. I was talking to somebody recently. And I was just saying that if you come up with an idea, just do it. But there are different sort of aspects to this because I am not a traveler. I mean, most people, they plan their holiday and off they go. And I just haven't. I have I have been abroad, but I mostly had holidays in this country. I don't know what it is. It's sort of, I don't know why. I, I love watching programs where they're showing Different places. I love it. But it sort of takes me out of my comfort zone. And I was thinking, you see, a lot of people do this without even thinking. And it's not a barrier. It's not, they look forward to it, they go, they fly off, they love it. Whereas to me, you see, that's taking me out of my comfort zone. But this year, I am taking myself out of my comfort zone because I've booked a holiday. (laughs) And I'm going on a cruise to Bergen um, in Norway. And the reason I'm doing this is because my aunt, who died in 1961, I have found a photograph of her standing by a glacier in 1928 with a friend in Bergen. She's wearing a little sort of cotton raincoat thing and a hat. And I found out that the actual sort of liner or ship that she went on in 1928. So I am going on my cruise and I'm going to keep a journal and I'm going to take photographs. I might do a little bit of filming, but not too much. And then I'm going to write an article about it because my aunt still remains my inspiration today. She was a she was a real trailblazer. She nothing put her off. She remained single. She was in the medical world and she had the most amazing career. And whatever setback she had when she was young, they did not deter her from following her. what Well, what she wanted to do. Well, you're definitely following in her step.
1: (laughs) I I couldn't agree more. Um, I I, I think, you know, you said when we were talking before this uh, podcast that, the word that keeps being used is inspiration. Um it's wonderful to hear that you are inspired by your aunt, but you yourself are something of an inspiration really? to people around the world. I, I I I wanted to ask you kind of what's what's on the horizon. I know since Louise, you know, you've gone on and done lots of other projects. Um you're now in your 70s, but but it doesn't seem like you're going to stop anytime soon.
2: I'm 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 76, 77 I shall be 77 when I'm on my cruise in the summer. Um, I've got a television series I'm trying to get commissioned. And, well, actually, we, I'm working under the sort of umbrella of this production company with the guy who I told to stop talking over. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but he hasn't we, cut you off. <laughs> no, we, we've, got to know, we've got to know each other. And he provided a quote once for... I've just had a new website done, but my other website, he provided a quote and he said, everyone needs a Francis. And and I think coming from Michael, who's a former chairman of BAFTA, has done the most incredible programmes. He used to be a commissioning editor. (laughs) Which Michael is this? His name is Michael Atwell.
0: Okay. What does he mean by that, Francis? when he says, I think I know, but I want you to to, to say it (laughs) is.
2: Well, we were directing, sorry, Michael was directing the Sky documentary, which I had put together. And Michael managed to set up a meeting with Sky and we got it commissioned. And when we were filming in London and we were filming a young man, it was about drugs again. It was about young men and their drug addiction. And I thought uh, we should film him where there's technology because that's what young people do. And I walked into the Apple store on Regent Street. It's quite a big store. And I said, can we come and film in here? And they said, no, you can't come and film in here. We've got customers in here. Oh, I said, well, could I speak to somebody? So three people come down the staircase and they said, what's all this about? We're from marketing. And I said, well, we're doing a documentary for Sky and I need to film this young guy um, who's in the documentary because it's all about technology here. And they followed me on back onto the pavement where Michael was with the film crew from Sky. And they said, well, what's this all about? What is the subject of this documentary? I said, well, it's all about drug addiction. And Michael looked at me as if to say, oh, and I and I I just said how it is. So I said it's about drug addiction. They said, oh, that's OK, then come and use our marketing suite. marketing suite. We've got all the technology you will need in there. And they said, oh, would you like coffee, teas? What would you like? And we had the use of this sort of like small showroom. <laughs> and Michael said to me afterwards, "I've been trying to film with Apple for some time, and you just walk in." And he couldn't believe when I said, "It's all about trucks <laughs> Well done, Francis. See, so, Francis, what I think
0: we have to—I could be here all morning with you. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> if you were to give tips to people, particularly around this sort of barrier to to doing things. People say women become invisible. At, I think it's 50 even, let alone 60. You clearly are not invisible. What would you say to people worrying about getting into digital or anything else as they age? What's your What's your advice to them?
2: Well, of course, obviously recently I listened to a lot of, uh, I listened to a radio, London radio station, which is just debate. There's no music. And there's an awful lot of talk about young people and technology at the moment and it is it's coming across as being quite serious
0: yeah
2: technology is not going to go away yeah um it's only going to advance I feel um I think we do have to whatever age we we do have to accept it we do have to take it on board of course it is um it is an amazing thing and I think over the years, whatever generation, Victorian times and the railways and sort of engineering and everything, every gen- every decade, things will advance. I have to say some of it I find a little bit, I'm a bit cautious of. Uh, I'm not very great with social media, although I do LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not really my thing because I find that I can achieve what I'm doing in other ways um I just weave my way around and a most amazing thing has happened in the last three weeks I just can't get over it yet um I've been approached by three drama production companies two award-winning in London and they want to tell my story and I think that this is now things are getting <laughs> a bit are getting a bit crazy no. <laughs> and, and so I've got in touch with somebody I've never met somebody who somebody else knows, who is so sort of, I would say, high up in television. And what she's achieved is incredible. And I just wrote to her and said, sorry, it's me again. I just wondered if you could give me some advice. And she's got these other people she knows on board. She emailed me yesterday and they're going to try and help me, and I think, my goodness, as if she hasn't got enough to do, and she's trying to help me, and it's just unbelievable. Frances, I think on that <laughs> note, unbelievable, <laughs>
0: inspirational. Uh, you yeah. are inspirational. You're you will help very many people. I know. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, um, thank you it's so been much, a joy, Not a thing.
1: Thank you. thank you. I loved hearing your story, Francis. It was it was great. And I can't wait for the movie to come out. know. <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly. <laughs> Can we have a small part of it? I love well, it. Well, I'm just wondering who's going to play me.
0: I mean oh,
1: <laughs> I don't Meryl Streep.
0: Meryl Streep. Well, I thought Merrill Street. Oh, good. Meryl <laughs> Street paid. Excellent.
1: Same oh, Judy Dent
0: well, Have fun, Francis. Thank you. And thank you so much well I think my my thought after this was my poor team going to edit this because Francis is <laughs> such an inspiration um but I'm not quite sure where we went with all of that oh my goodness me um if anybody was- says that they think that women become invisible at 60 you just need to just take a slice of this it's it's fantastic and gosh this bit do like, you know I had another conversation this morning Trevor where I was talking to somebody in a law firm very senior and I'm trying to help him find his purpose is such a grand word but what he's going to do next and I couldn't believe how lacking in confidence he's been I was thinking about he he said I'm stunned at how helpful people I've sent him to go and meet lots of people he said I can't believe people actually want to meet me why would they want to meet me and I I want to save I've done a video with him but it, it can't be now because it's going to be in the future but he was sort of saying people are so helpful and people want to introduce you to other people and I think people worry about this stage and yet listen to her people just contact her and she says yes and I she contacts other people she's not fearful and she's definitely bringing something different because she's experienced
1: but but also she said a few really interesting things not least about confidence actually that by getting up and going out and meeting people yes and teaching herself not being afraid of and any of the challenges she grew in confidence she, she said she said that um you know that all of this experience that she's acquired you know spontaneously yes. had made her um you know much more i suppose braver she yes. she she you know is unstoppable it's quite incredible and the, the other thing i i took from what she said was she had time
0: you know, you know she, I thought exactly the same yeah, and she, that's something she, about this it, generation once they've retired whatever that means yeah but
1: Absolutely. but she used that time to invest in other people to she invest did. in 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 Louise and I, and I just I, thought so, that was a, yeah that's a gift
0: it is it is and actually you're quite right it's for me it got me thinking about people have time to spend with with disadvantaged people you know for, for children who need a bit of a help uh, and things our generation has got time more to go and and give that rather than that you know the gp appointment of five minutes when actually somebody's down and they just need to talk to somebody you know couldn't we have some kind of more listening ears going on yeah. it's it sort of oh gosh and you know she's had 16 years doing this now yes, and still yes. Doing more and she's thinking i'm going on this trip and things well wow, that's how life should be that we are filling it full of useful interesting but things that she wants to do she's not kind of Uh, working yeah is she working or not I didn't even ask it would be rude to is she still earning money I don't know but I suspect she is but that's not what this is all about this is about doing something she's loving and and, I
1: I was really struck that her documentary you know documentaries are not just observing you know what's happening Mm. but she's actually engaged she's going just getting in there and you know so her immediate thought was well this isn't helping anybody (laughs) exactly i know you know what documentaries aren't necessarily supposed to help (laughs) that's that's what she does she jumps in
0: but also she's challenging the media what are you here for what what are you trying to achieve with that which i think i i suspect a lot of my generation think that way yeah uh actually you shouldn't be doing this this is not this is not helpful to that person yeah it's interesting i had a pr business before this one and I used to be so careful i remember one client they dealt with people getting back to work they came from some quite challenging backgrounds and one of them she went on television things but they wanted her daughter on i can't remember why and i just thought this this woman is vulnerable and this child is vulnerable and i i said i'm sorry i the, the chief exec said oh let's do it it sounds great tv and I said, i think we've got to be we've got a purpose beyond yeah. this haven't we you know yeah. and i don't think it doesn't get challenged enough about what's the right thing to do here. And she also reminded me, I used to mentor um, ex-offenders. And oh my goodness, you know, trying to get, it was meant to be to help starting a business with Prince's Trust. But I never got to that stage because there were so basics to housing, how to get some money just to live, and people wouldn't give a even supermarket job to an ex-offender. You know, once you've once you've come out of the mainstream of life, uh, and I don't know how else to phrase it like that, Getting back into what people see as day-to-day living is such hard work. I don't, I got to the point where I thought I was pulling in Chief Execs of a Council, the Charity Foundation Chief Exec, to help this one offender at one stage. And I was sort of getting the resources of Bradford behind him. And I thought, you know, we just haven't got this right. What, what if you yeah. haven't got a mentor to help you? Um, and it's just, well, anyway, so there's a whole bunch of she's just highlighted so many places where if, if you've got time at this stage of life there are yeah. so many people who would love your help really the,
1: the, the other thing that was delightful as you say she's been doing this for 16 years I know she's <clears throat> still got that sense of wonder yes she has that this that this all happened you know yes. it's still she's obviously hugely motivated but also kind of amazed that this has all happened I know. and i love that i love yeah, the sense no, no sense of entitlement no. or status no. or any of that she's no. just doing what she loves
0: yes well we hope you've been inspired as we have been you can hear um this is very different and and everybody is very different and equally inspirational so do listen to our other guests um do subscribe And join us for our regular catch up. If you go to our
1: website, which is next-up.com, don't forget the hyphen, you'll find lots of other uh, episodes of the podcast and lots of resources, information, um, and we hope that you find it rewarding. Do subscribe and do join us for our next guest.